Welcome to the No Spin Dash Zone. I'm Isaiah. And I'm Charlie. And I'm Steven. And on this episode, we played Sonic Colors for the DS. It was made by Dimps. Yeah. It's a watered-down Sonic Rush. Sonic Rush 3. <laughs> or Sonic Rush Plus Plus. Or Sonic Rush Minus. Or is that Sonic Advance? God, we've been over this before, haven't we? Yeah, we went down this rabbit hole at some point. <laughs> it's Sonic Rush Advance... No, hold on. Let me try that again. It's Sonic Advance 4, and Sonic Rush is Sonic Advance 5. Although... Wait, what's Sonic Advance 4? Like, it just... It feels like, in terms of, like, things about it, it's, like, a little bit lesser as compared to Sonic Rush. Much like I described the Wii version of Sonic Colors, I feel like this game plays it safe kind of all the way through. Yeah. The main thing I miss about the original Rush games is the trick system and also Hideki Naganuma. Yeah. Yeah. But even Sonic Rush Adventures... Look. Sonic Rush Adventures soundtrack was pretty good and it was still, like, poppy and upbeat and funky. Mm Mm-hmm. Just in a different, not as Naganuma way. Yeah. But this game's soundtrack is just a watered-down version of the Wii soundtrack, which is not necessarily bad, but it's not impressive. Yeah, I think it's weird because I I really like the Sonic Color soundtrack, but I kind of feel like this game really suffers from being that soundtrack, but in a lower quality. Mm-hmm. Whereas what was really strong about Sonic Rush and to a lesser extent Sonic Rush Adventure was that all of the songs were extremely written to maximize the capabilities of the DS. So like yeah. they were written to sound good in the system they were made for. Whereas that's not really the case for this game. Yeah, it's also kind of like the Rush soundtracks were made to be high energy. And while Colors is not like the most slow, easygoing soundtrack. It's certainly not as, like, dancey and funky as Rush was. Yeah. Weirdly, I think its strongest song in the soundtrack is the special stage song, and that's because it's the only one that isn't in the Wii version. Yeah. I also actually really like the special stage music. (laughs) It's really good. Well, we'll talk about that later, though. So, to get into the more general gameplay of this game, it's pretty much just Sonic Rush. The boost makes a return, and it functions basically like it didn't rush except that to build it you have to find wisps instead of doing any of the other easier things that you could do previously but like you had to like defeat enemies to get boost besides doing tricks right yeah yeah there were three kinds of trick or maybe just two but there were like several different ways to do tricks because you could do them on rails and you could also do them off of springs and then hitting enemies also got you boost right so it's basically the same but there are no tricks and you have to get the wisp capsules as well well, yeah, but there were also, like, boost capsules in Sonic Rush as well. So, for the most part, you could boost the entire stage. Whereas, in this game, that feels less of a possibility. Yeah. It's a little mm. better about it than the Wii version, but not by that much. And that's only just because I feel like these stages are slightly shorter in general than the Wii version. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But other than that, it's just a 2D Sonic game where the aim is to kind of, like, rip through the levels as fast as possible, and they largely give you the tools to do that. And... This game also features three-act zones instead of six-act zones. If you count the boss as a third act. Yeah. Yeah. So it's actually really short to get through. You could probably beat this game in like six or seven hours. Probably less. Yeah, it's it's a lot shorter than I remember. Yeah. I'm just trying to remember how long I played this game. I think it's probably about the time you said. Because I would estimate that earlier on you're beating levels and like... Maybe about three or four minutes, and then you add in, like, a minute of scrolling through dialogue, and there are actually cutscenes in this version. Yeah. Visual novel cutscenes. Yeah, they're not super frequent. Well, no, there's also, like, straight up the some of the CG cutscenes from the Wii version are in this as well. Yeah. They have, like, two or three of them. They're, they're pretty brief, but they're still there. It's very abridged, yeah. and it kind of cuts out the kind of dumb, funny moments. Yeah, it feels, like, slightly more serious but not in, like, a meaningful thematic way. So it just feels dry as opposed to the Wii version. Mm, yeah. It's weird, because I actually think the humor would have landed better in, like, a visual novel format than as opposed to a voice-acted, animated, and then, like, soundtracked jokes in the Wii version. 
I think that I might agree if they did it in, like, a comic style, where they could separate the punchline better. Oh, yeah. But I do think that there is a way they could have done that with the dialogue as well, but I think ultimately they decided that without the voice acting, they didn't even want to try with the humor. Yeah. And that's also just not, like, what Dimps is used to when they're writing their games, and they did kind of redo the script for this one as well. That's true. The general plot is the same, but the script is very different. Script is completely different. Yeah, it definitely... I mean, I, I don't think there's ever a time when it even tries to be funny. I think Cubot and Orbot still maintain some of their, like, vibe. And because their vibe is humorous, like, <laughs> they are still funny together. But they're not, like, making specific jokes. Honestly, I really feel like all of their dialogue is, like, them being incompetent, but not necessarily in a funny way. Yeah, they're just kind of useless. Yeah. The bosses are more fun in this game. Yeah, the bosses are primarily more fun because they're just simpler to beat. Yeah, and they have, like, different bosses entirely for uh, Planet Wisp and Tropical Resort. Yeah. It feels more like the Sonic Rush style of, of boss design, which is like, all right, screw this, we're 3D now. Yeah. Which feels good, I think. I do still think that the bosses fall under the general blanket of, like, safeness, though, because none of their ideas are particularly innovative. Yeah. They're just, like, nice mechanical things, like, oh, the arm swings down, and then you hit the arm, and then it, like, punches back up and hits the guy. And at the end of the fight, there's, like, a new weak spot that once you hit it, there's a freeze frame, and it feels intense. Yeah. But there's nothing super special or interesting about it. It's just overall, like, a well-polished game. And the same thing kind of goes for the difficulty curve on this game yeah it ramps up very slowly and it never gets obscenely hard yeah i agree with that except for like the final area from what i understand is like a lot more difficult than the rest of the game honestly i don't even i don't even know that i agree to be honest i think probably asteroid coaster is the hardest it gets and then terminal velocity is hard in a different way but i honestly don't think I don't think I died except to the final boss. Yeah. Fair enough. And fortunately, when you enter the final boss... So, no, we, we should talk about that when we when we get to the end game, actually. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's, like, about it for the general gameplay. Yeah. Yeah, so should we talk about wisps? Yes. Yeah, go for wisps. it. So there are much less wisps in this game. In fact, I think there's only, like, five colored wisps for each of the areas after a uh, tropical resort yeah if you're not counting boost as a wisp there's only the, the five yeah because you have to like unlock wisps like the white wisp for boost interestingly enough yeah but those obviously return you have rocket which actually kind of adds this cool thing where if you hit like these like uh arms or something it like flips you into a different direction so you're yeah. not just going straight up forward there's like a little bit more pizzazz to it yeah, they suddenly function almost like the tubes in some of the handheld Sonic games. And I think even some of the Genesis ones had the tubes as well. Yeah. Where they just send you in a couple of different directions. Mm-hmm. And then you got Drill, which, you know, Drill is pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, and you only ever got Drill in 2D, so it functions the exact same as it did in the previous game. Yeah. The other one is Laser, which, they I mean, that had a 2D and a 3D function, but the 2D function was serviceable. I mean, a lot of them had serviceability for all segments. They just couldn't fit them all into it, I guess, like, yeah. for levels. And they didn't want to distract too much from it. Because each world only uses two wisps, except for the first one, which I think only uses one, and Terminal Velocity has none. Uh, I think there were two in the first world, because I think you can bring Red Burst back. Well, yeah, but there, that's but you don't unlock anything else in there. Right, but I think that to get some of the red rings, you need to bring one of the ones you got back yeah. to. Oh, well, right, but like that's you only get one color power is what I'm saying. Oh, you're right, because you unlock white. Never mind. Yeah, you're totally right. I want to talk about laser for a second because the window of time to direct the direction you go is way shorter than the Wii version, and I was not prepared for it, and I don't think I ever adjusted <laughs> I think I like it better, though, because it doesn't halt your momentum the way that Laser in the Wii version does. Yeah. And largely, they only ask you to do three different directions with it, whereas the Wii version <laughs> was, like, a little more granular than that. Yeah, it generally, like, as long as you have a vibe for the direction you go, like, you're pretty good. Whereas in the Wii, it was like, no, if you're off by a couple degrees, it's game over. Yeah, you, like, don't get the right amount of points for, like, an enemy kill or whatever. Yeah. It, it was really weird. 
I don't remember if the Wii version did this, but it really infuriates me in the DS version that, like, if you're in the water and you use laser, the laser keeps you in the water. You can't, like, escape from it. Yeah. Yeah, it'll bounce you off the top as if it was a ceiling. And I don't even think you have that, like, multi-jump you can do to get out of water like you could in the Wii version. No, the water is treated kind of like it is in every 2D Sonic game where it's just this, like, shadow realm that you're banished to. Yeah. <laughs> you're banished to being a little bit slower, although the music changes in a funky way when you're underwater. I think that's a yeah. nice touch. Very, very funky indeed. They also let you get out of the water pretty fast like they do in the other Rush games. Yeah. It's like a punishment that you can recover from quickly if you're playing well. Right. It's not like Sonic 3 where once you hit the water, it's like, well, this is the game now. <laughs> Good luck. But yeah, Drill, Rocket, Laser, those are the returning wisps, but there are two new wisps. There's Burst, which is basically you hold A to like jump, and you can kind of like cruise around in like an open space and get ricocheted by bombs, or there's like certain like tubes you can go through, like these popcorn poppers in Sweet Mountain. Yeah. Yeah, it should be mentioned that you have effectively infinite jumps, but the longer you hold yes. the button down, the higher you'll go when you release. And I don't know if you use more boost from it, or they can use more of the meter from it, rather. I don't think you ever expend meter to jump, but it's just the longer you hold it, the longer you stay in the same place, so by the time you get to your destination, you'll have less boost. Yeah. I think, ultimately, it's almost always better to just tap the button instead of holding it down, unless you're trying to specifically clear enemies. Because the other thing that happens when you do the double jump is you do, like, a area of effect burst around Sonic that damages just anything in your vicinity. Yeah. And the other unique wisp is a Void. Violet Void, and then the burst was Red Burst. But Violet Void is essentially just Frenzy, but you have, like, full, like, movement. You can go up and down. There's a little bit of drift to it. And you just suck up everything, and you get bigger the more you suck up, and you can go through these fans to, like, it's like another tube motion. I like Void a lot more than Frenzy, except all the times that I want to go forward and the game decides that I'm going forward and down, and then I fall into a pit and die. (laughs) Yeah, I I think I know the part you're talking about. It's a serious problem, because if you activate Void and then you hold forward, you will go forward, and that's cool and good. If you are moving forward and you decide to hit up and then down and then up again, guess what? You're going down it's over you can no longer like once you begin a vertical kind of movement you will continue vertical movement until you change the direction of that movement at least as far as i can figure out it's a slippery man it's a slippery man it's a slippery man that void the the only slippery man (laughs) in the sonic canon is the president that's true the other uh wisp i'm gonna complain about is the drill doesn't allow any diagonal movement and it took me a very long time to figure that out yeah because there are diagonal ring trails in the dirt yeah you'll change direction in like a slow sort of arc if you go from hitting forward to up or down or whatever so like there's a there's a slow rotation you can literally move diagonally but if you input a diagonal like direction it'll just go what are you talking about and keep going with the direction you had hit previously, and then you'll run into something that will kill you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it starts to feel almost Sonic Labyrinth-esque. Yeah. I've honestly forgotten that game. <laughs> Once I got it in my head that I can't use diagonal inputs, I never, ever again died using the drill. But, like, it's weird. It doesn't really make sense why they wouldn't let you. Yeah, the four-way thing is really odd. Literally, turning slowly is a thing. So, like, diagonal movement is possible. The turning radius is also not great. I actually kind of feel like the turning radius is exactly what it should be. Oh, really? I wanted it much tighter. Because I think, like, it's supposed to feel a little bit unwieldy, and you're supposed to be able to plan a little bit ahead. I think a lot of the levels make really good use of the dual screens of, like, you can see what's up ahead, so you can figure out how to angle your drill appropriately in anticipation. Yeah, just like in Sonic Rush and Adventure both, I think, did a good job of designing levels so that you could look ahead by looking up or down. And so I feel like it's really rewarding to, like, get those turns exactly the way you planned to get them, as opposed to how I think you're normally playing Sonic, which is reacting to what you're seeing as fast as possible. 
Well, not only that, but I would also like to just be able to course correct a little bit to get rings easier, and that yeah. didn't feel doable for me. There, there were some times where I was like, I just have to touch this thing, and then I bounce off a wall and miss, and then I bounce off a wall and miss, and then I continue. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that happens many times. If they demanded any less precision, I think I'd agree with you, but it there is a degree of precision necessary for like getting into pipes and grabbing rings and yeah. avoiding enemies. That makes it a little annoying to do the, like, wide turn radius. They definitely should have made pipes, like, a wider hitbox. Yeah, I think that's the same for both versions, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I think it's worse on the Wii version, because your angle is so specific. Because it's, it's like, a 360-ish degree, like, movement. And then if you bounce, it's you do a complete, like, 180 direction change. Yeah. And then bounce again, because, of course, this pipe is in a corner. And then you're just completely disoriented. I just felt like the necessity for precision was not asked for in the Wii version, in any case, besides the pipes. Yeah. So, like, all of my focus was diverted to getting into the pipe, so it didn't feel as bad, whereas in the DS version, it's, like, a little more complicated, I guess. Okay. That's fair. But, like, both are not ideal for me. How do you feel about the Drill Wisp in either game, Charlie? The turning radius is bad, yeah. I don't, I don't know... I feel like I ran out of time a lot more in the um, DS version than I have in the Wii version. Yeah. Yeah, same here. I, I feel that. I think it's because you're using the drill way more in the DS version. Yeah. In fact, yeah. I actually think you're using the Wisps more in the DS version in general. Yeah, they kind of make them more mechanically needed because it's shorter, I guess. But at yeah. the same time, I also feel like they're used generally more effectively in the DS version. Like, if I feel like the transition between Sonic and Wisp Power is more seamless than in the Wii version. They also feel to me like they are more gameplay than they are hit a button and watch a thing happen. Yeah. Except for maybe Drill. Because even Laser, it goes so fast <laughs> that you don't feel like you're not controlling Sonic during that time. It's just like boom, 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 and then you're back in the game. Yeah. Whereas, like, in the Wii version, a lot of the times you'd use a laser to get into, like, a cinematic segment where you're just bouncing around, like, diamonds for a long time. Yeah, and then once you land, you're not moving anymore. Like, you're on a standstill. Right, and you're not far from where you started frequently. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think the only wisp for me on the DS version that feels like it's just hit a button and watch things happen is Rocket. Yeah, and even then, like Charlie mentioned earlier, it's more interesting because you have the arms that, like, pull you through the level in a neat way. Yeah. I also think that DS does a better job of playing with, like, there are a couple sections where you have, uh, you, you have a, a wisp that you found earlier, and then you have a sign that says, hey, use that wisp here. And then, like, a couple feet later, there's like, no, 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 use a different wisp here. And you're like, oh, I should look for that wisp. Like... Yeah. to see if I can, and it really encourages you to, like, check out your, your environment and, and make a meaningful decision via the Wisps, which, I mean, the meaningful decision in the Wii version was, when do I use this one-time use thing? Uh, and do, is, am I, if I use it now, is it a waste? Whereas in the DS version, it's more like, hey, so, like, I have a, a choice between two routes based on the decision that I make. Like, what should I do? Yeah. And it does feel like the different routes have different, like, times that you'll beat the level in. So if you're going for an S rank, even though it's not particularly encouraged in this case, yeah. you will find, like, very clear ways to optimize your path, and then more nuanced ways as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that's encouraging, but ultimately, the only thing you really get for getting an S rank is an S on a screen. So, it's not particularly encouraging in this case either way yeah amazing <laughs> yeah when you get when you get a low rank the like announcer just tells you to try again like do better next time don't give up <laughs> very good good and like even, you, even when it says good just sonic just kind of kind of depressed like, about sonic's it. like <laughs> yeah if you say so yeah i was going for better than good but whatever <laughs> Yeah, in general, I think I like the Wisps more in the DS version than the Wii version. I'd agree. Should we move on to special stages? Yeah. <laughs> so, in this game, if you collect 50 or more rings and make it to the end of the level with 50 or more rings, you can go to a special stage. 
And the special stages are locked to the, I guess, zones, even though they're like planets in this case. Or they're attractions, right? Mm-hmm. Only two of them are planets. I think three and, of... Wh whatever. Wait, which one? So it's Wisp Planet, it's the Sweet Mountain, like, looks like a planet. And then the Aquarium Park? Yeah. But that's, like, a body of water. Does that qualify as a planet? It's a, it's a water planet. If something is made entirely of water, is it a planet? Question of the day. Yes. I mean, what about the gas giants? I mean, I guess they might have a, a core in the middle that's solid, but still. I guess the the real qualifier is, does it have an atmosphere? And I believe the answer is yes. Well, no, because isn't the atmosphere just, like, the railing? Like, there's, like, a cage around Aquarium Park? I don't know. Better question, are they all moons? Oh, they're definitely all moons. Yeah, they're very, very tiny planets. Anyway, the, the astronomy aside, um, <laughs> the, the, the special stages in this game function a lot like as many of them do. Sonic 2 special stages. Yeah. But in this case, instead of collecting rings, you are collecting colored spheres. And that might sound familiar for people who have played Sonic 3. But the difference here is that, for example, you start the level trying to collect red spheres, and you run down a path with a predetermined arrangement of spheres, and there are red, blue, and yellow spheres, but you only get rewarded for collecting red ones during your first run through. And then when you get to the end, it switches you over to having to collect blue spheres. Now any of the blue spheres that you touched during the red sphere run get knocked out of the way, and are removed from the path. So you run through the same path three times, once collecting red, once collecting blue, and once collecting yellow. But it's difficult at the beginning because you can accidentally knock things out of the way and make it harder for yourself later on. And then later on it gets harder because you have to collect more spheres and also their arrangements are more complicated. So frequently red is very simple and you use it to learn the layout. And then blue is more complicated and Frequently, the blue spheres will be closer to the red ones, so you'll have accidentally knocked away more of them. And then when you get to yellow, that's the hardest, like, true challenge, and you have to get the most of them, and there are two chances for you to have screwed up and knocked all of them out of the way. <laughs> uh, it should also be mentioned that each, each, like, lap, you go faster, which is just even harder. Yeah, and the music accompanying it speeds up as well. I, uh... I... I think this is my favorite special stage we've played yet. It's definitely the favorite that has any implementation implementation of, like, a weird control scheme. Yeah. <laughs> because, oh, we should mention that you use the stylus to move Sonic along the path, so you can actually get from left to right very quickly, as opposed to Sonic 2, where it was kind of difficult to do that. Yeah. Which, which I think helps it immensely. I agree. Uh, sometimes the control feels weird because you have to you have to move like in an arch path, like a downward arch path. If you slide to the left and right, and your your stylus is like in the air, quote unquote, relative to the ground where Sonic is, that just won't register as an input. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of weird. You have to like always be drawing U's. Yeah, and I I wasn't a huge fan of that. Um, at, so, when I first played the special stage, I was, like, a little mad because I was used to the way that uh, if you collect a lot of rings in round one, then you, like, have leftover rings for your for round two's goal, right? Yeah. So, the better you do early on, the better off you'll be later. And I was, like, mad that that didn't happen for this game. Uh, but then I realized that you doing better is just you not screwing yourself over later. Yeah, I think that this system is actually really innovative for Sonic Special Stages. Yeah. And it was, to me, the most compelling part of the game overall. Yeah. It was definitely, like, for me, it was consistently fun to play these special stages. Uh, yeah. There are, like, some spikes in the in the special stages, just like, in, just like the spike balls in Sonic 2 Special Stages. Uh, but they're pretty sparse. And there was never a point where I was like, okay, I'm just getting frustrated because these spikes are appearing and I get hit and then I get, like, stun-locked into more spikes. 
Yeah, and it's also nice because you get two chances to sort of preview the hardest part of the stage, which is way more, like, interesting and compelling than oh, any yeah. other iteration, where it's just like, if you screw up on part two, then you better believe that you're playing the mission at least three more times, because you're gonna screw up on part three because you've never seen it before. <laughs> yeah, it is, like, uh, as long as you pass, as long as you pass part two, you will get to play part three. Uh, and part three is just part two again, but with fewer objects, so it's harder. Um, yeah. And it's it's really it's just really nice to feel like I'm practicing the third round while playing the first one. But then at the same time, because I'm paying attention to different parts, it like recontextualizes the same course. Yeah. Like it's like it's iterative, which is really nice feeling. And all of the courses feel like they are perfect on the difficulty curve to me. Yeah. Like, the first level, or the first uh, special stage, does not feel easy. Like, I didn't lose on it, but it taught you a lot of neat little mechanics, and you won't understand right away that hitting, like, blue and yellow is bad. Yeah. And I think they sort of, like, predicted that because they made the requirements for blue and yellow a little lower than they are later on. Mm-hmm. But the layout is, like, interesting to memorize. And then for the second one, they add in some more of their gimmicks. And then for the third one, they take those gimmicks and then just make the rest of the sphere arrangements like a little tighter and harder to get. And then they just continue like iterating upon that and making the challenge more difficult and making the layouts more interesting. Yeah. I really feel like th it was a really, really nice difficulty curve for the special stages. Uh, there were several that I had to retry many times, which is pretty standard for special stages. Yeah, I imagine 6 and 7 got you. Oh, yeah. But, like, in comparison, right, like, Sonic Rush Adventure, uh, the special stages that are just a race against Jet, where you just had to be a little better than perfect sometimes. Do you mean Johnny? Why did I say Jet? Jet's a freaking <laughs> hawk, dude. He, he is green, but... But Johnny is on a jet ski. <laughs> yeah. He's on a jet ski. That got me. Jet, jet ski the hawk. <laughs> <laughs> you may be the fastest thing on the ground, but on the ocean. Um, but anyway, bring it on, wet boy. <laughs> um, oh my! Goodness. But yeah, so against Johnny, like sometimes you just had to be frame perfect in order to get an emerald. Uh, yep. and that sucked. Uh, but here it, it you had to use your brain, which I've never done before, and it was really nice. Well, and it's also just nice that the memorization component is still there, but you get a chance to memorize it before you've even dealt with it. It's kind of like an analog to the having dual screens. Oh, excuse me. It's kind of like an analog to having dual screens because, you know, you can look at the top screen to see what you'll have to deal with in a second when your screen shifts up to there. And you can look at, like, the blue and yellow rows before you have to see them, so when you shift to them, you have a better understanding. Yeah. The only thing the special stage is missing is that the top screen doesn't actually show you any information. Uh, but I kind of oh, think yeah. it doesn't need to. Yeah, there's not really anything I would want up there necessarily, except for maybe more of the path. Yeah. Like, maybe this could be more top-down perspective instead of the, like, head-on Sonic 2 perspective, and you could see a little bit more of what's going to go on, but... The Ultimately, only, I think that you see exactly what you need to. The only time seeing more of the path would have been really useful is for the the bonus ball. Uh, oh yeah. Which which in some stages uh, appears in a random part of the lane. Like sometimes you have to be a little farther left, sometimes a little farther right in order to get it. And once you get it, a bunch of balls appear from the sky and bounce around, and it's sort of like a. Uh, like, it catch as many as you can just by moving around randomly. Yeah, um, it's like a silly gimme at the end, and it's never necessary, but it can help you if you screwed up. It's it's really nice because there were a couple times when I was like, oh, hey, I really need this bonus because I uh, didn't collect enough of the regular balls, and then it completely saved my bacon, and that it always, like, felt good. Yeah, and it's still a challenge because you still have to get ready to grab that orb, and it feels good. Yeah. And they've got a couple other different kinds of orbs as well that aren't just the three base colors. Like, there are always eight, like, yellow and red orbs that are always in the same place, but they're the hardest configuration in the whole route. But you get to do them on the red, the blue, and the yellow. Yeah. And since the red is easiest, they matter the least, 
but by the time you get to the yellow, they're pretty important. Mm -hmm. But again, you've had three chances to learn them, so chances are you're going to make it. There are also like two times and five times rainbow orbs, which you can collect for any color, but only once. So you yeah. like on the first round, you got to be like, okay, well, I'm avoiding those. And on the second round, you're like, maybe I actually want them. Like, and then, yeah, it becomes a really interesting decision of when to grab them. And it's also the situation where, like, in Sonic 2 and many of the other games that are inspired by it, frequently you'll get to a point where part 1 and part 2 are a joke for you, and part 3 just screws you over every time for some reason. Yeah. And in this case, if you get good enough at part 2, you don't need to pick up any of those bonus orbs at all, so you can save them all for part 3, and then use it to sort of make up for, like, whatever's tilting you on part 3. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I really like these special stages. And if you beat all seven of them, you get Super Sonic. That's true. You know what? I never actually played Super Sonic. I probably <laughs> should have done that. <laughs> well, Super Sonic's only for the boss. That's true. I did do the uh, the final, final boss. Because I don't think it's like in the Wii Sonic Colors where you can actually play a Super Sonic in the main game. But to be fair, it's much harder to get it in the Wii version. In the Wii version, I think it's kind of stupid to get it. Yeah. No, I think it's a well-earned reward. Well, it just, to me, it feels roundabout because the red rings, like, their meaning and value is not clear to the player, I don't think. Yeah. And, like, many people will not go over to the virtual Sonic head thing, or they will, and they'll play it once, and they'll be like, oh, this was okay, but the music's kind of crappy. <laughs> Some of it is. And then also just, like, the levels are bland-looking, so why would you play it? Yeah. Unless you understood I mean, that that was how you got the, the blandness, I would understand, but like a dedicated fan who would even care about Sonic Super, Super Sonic in the first place would try everything. Well, to, to quote to quote Zootopia, you don't like. <laughs> I, I don't think you should design your game around the concept of a dedicated fan that's going to do everything anyway. Because then you could just make a bunch of like random pointless chores and expect the player to do them right. But that's not like a fun way okay, to design a game. Okay, so. Let me use a so I want I want to do a comparison because I don't know I want to see how you feel about this. Yeah, go for it. So in Sonic Adventure Two, where you have to do every mission and A rank them in order to get unlock Green Hill Zone. Yeah, I think that that was kind of an infuriating waste of development time, like designing an entire level for point zero one percent of the audience that will play that game. Like I love that game and I've never done that. I have also never done that. It's a ridiculous amount of dedication that is required to go in and beat not only the wonderful Sonic levels, but some of the subpar Knuckles and Rouge levels, and the frequently terrible Eggman and Tails levels, all at A rank. Not to mention doing all the Chow Garden stuff, which not every person who likes Sonic is going to like the Chow Garden. Like, our group really enjoys it, but that's not for everybody. Like, requiring every single one of those things to be done to get, like, a nice throwback level seems a little ridiculous to me. It is, like, it's also worth mentioning that, like, many times in my life I have attempted the all-A rank, like, challenge or whatever. I've never succeeded. Like, there are always stages that trip me up. And if I ever wanted to get an all-A rank, I'd probably, like, look up how to do it on the internet which is not something you want, not something I want to do in a game that I enjoy. I think it's fine to acknowledge that when you're designing your game, but I don't think it's reasonable to expect a player to have to do that to get anything in your game. Yeah. Unless that's like kind of the idea is that community is an important thing. You know, there, there are games that implement that, but Sonic is not one of them, I don't think. Yeah. I don't think the point of Sonic Adventure 2 was that, like, it was supposed to be a community experience, you know? Yeah. Like, if I'm if I'm collecting all the red rings in Sonic Colors, I'm looking up a guide. Yes, for sure. Because there's 120 of them. <laughs> and that's not optimal. Yeah. And I do think that Sonic Colors does a better job of making red rings, like, available than Sonic Adventure 2 makes A-ranks available. Because frequently, you don't even know what you need to do to get an A-rank. Yeah. Like, you, you know that you need to beat the level fast, but that's kind of it, and then score is this, like, sort of, like, nebulous concept. 
it, I don't and know, God it's help you rude. if you want an A rank on a collect 100 rings challenge and you're not <laughs> playing as Sonic or Shadow. Like yeah, it's just it's... it's just look up where all the hidden ring things are in Knuckles and Rouge levels and then, and then... I don't know maybe suffer as Tails. You say suffer. And, like, I do agree that there should be an all-A-rank reward, right? Yeah. But I wouldn't make it, like, an entire, like, level for the best playstyle in the game, like, and just lock that behind so many doors. Okay. I think that they could have implemented that as something you get for beating, like, the true story, you know? Like, you beat here, you beat Dark, and then you beat the true final story, whatever it's called. Yeah. And then you get Green Hill Zone. And if you get all of the A ranks, you just keep unlocking more stuff in the Chow Garden, or you unlock, you know, costumes for the multiplayer mode, like fun yeah. little things. Which they do have, they do have unlocks for all A ranks for each character, right? Yeah, and I think those make total sense to me because if you want, like, you know, an alternate costume for Sonic, your dedication to Sonic will lead you to playing all of his levels. Yeah, and that's kind of neat. I think it makes a lot of sense the way they do that. But, like, Sonic Adventure 2 isn't even a game for the people who played the original Sonic, which Green Hill Zone is a nod to. <laughs> like, Sonic Adventure 2 is largely for, like, the newer generation of people who enjoy Sonic. So why would you lock the nostalgia thing behind the people who are most dedicated to this new version of Sonic? Let's talk about hey, the What about unlocking Metal Sonic and Sonic Adventure DX? What? Metal Sonic is a playable character in Sonic Adventure DX when you get all the uh, emblems. I feel like Sonic Adventure DX's emblems are a little simpler to get because they're yeah. not, again, locked behind, like, the score wall. But it does require you to play as Big the Cat, and that is also unacceptable. That's true. Fair enough. Fair enough. But I think that that reward, in theory, if you assume the entire game is enjoyable to play, makes, like, I think that Metal Sonic makes fine sense. And Metal Sonic is also not a level, it's like a costume, you know? It didn't take yeah. that much effort, and it's not sort of new content the way that the Green Hill Zone level is. Or Super Sonic. Someday I'll play yeah. that Green Hill Zone level. To bring it all back. Yeah, I think that Super Sonic in most Sonic games is always a sensical reward, and it's like, it's placed properly on the difficulty curve for like an unlock for being rewarded, you know? Mm-hmm. But in the case of Sonic Colors, I think it's just, like, a step too far in the Wii version. And it's, again, just right in the DS version. Yeah. Except that you don't you don't get to play as Super Sonic I mean, in levels, right? It's the right? same situation in, like, most games where you have to. It's only reserved for a boss. Right, right. Let's... Are we ready to move on? Yeah. I mean, we know the, the special stage music is a banger. It really yeah. is. It's really good. Next, we're going to talk about the missions in Sonic Colors. Woo! So there are the two regular acts and the boss, but there are also three additional missions per level. And, like, purely objective-based, it's just, like, collect this many rings or defeat this many enemies or freeze many wisps, which just amounts to breaking boost whips castles and defeating enemies. Or uh, get to the end and this time, which, you know, they're like little time uh, stopwatches you have to hit in order to increase time and whatnot. But they're framed in a way that you enter these little visual novel cutscenes and you get to meet uh, other characters, you know, from the Sonic series and just kind of see what they're doing at the park. Like, just and to give you like quick rundown. Uh, what? It's like everybody also, like... Yeah. There are very few contemporary Sonic characters that don't make it into this game somehow. Like, I mean, Marine's not in it, but she does get a mention. Yeah. Like, you find Cream and a generic Chow, as well as Cheese, in uh, the uh, Tropical Resort. You find Blaze and Silver at Sweet Mountain. It should be noted... Uh, Blaze mentions Marine, meaning she is definitely from the other dimension. Yeah. Silver mentions the future and says it's a future where everyone is smiling. Which suggests all depressed and suffering right now. So he's, well, yeah, so he's not from this future, but he's still from the future, (laughs) but not the same future of 
Sonic 06. Yeah. It's great. Everything is nice and positive. <laughs> but also very confusing, because Howard plays and Silver in the same game. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, to be fair, they don't ever acknowledge the fact that they know each other. Like, they don't mention that. Yeah, but that's still... It's like, I think that there is the Dimps alternate universe, and then the Sonic Team alternate future. And both are just theoretically related to the same, in air quotes, <laughs> as big as possible canon. Yeah. It's very odd. Uh, you find Knuckles and Rouge at the Starlight Carnival. You get Team Chaotix at Planet Wisp, Big and Amy at uh, Aquarium Park, and Shadow and Omega at Asteroid Coaster. And you have to complete, like, two separate missions in order to unlock the third one. And the third one is basically bringing the team together. Like, the like you'll, you'll see Knuckles for one mission, you'll see Rouge for the other, and then you'll kind of see them interact for the third mission. And that's, like, that's yeah. the thing I really like about this game, is that you get to see these Sonic characters interact in a way you don't really get to see in games nowadays or at the time, because they're starting to focus more on Sonic, Tails, and Eggman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, since 06, we haven't had, like, dialogue with anyone that wasn't a hedgehog. <laughs> Unless yeah. you count the storybook games. Right. Um, and you also, I mean, since there's a there's been a voice actor switch, you do get to hear little voice clips. Because each character has, like, two or three, they say. You get to hear some voice clips from all those characters' new actors because you didn't play Free Riders to know how some of them sounded like. Right. We kind of, like, we're setting Free Riders aside until it's more convenient. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I really like these little interactions. They're super nice. Unfortunately, again, like with the rest of the game, they're very safe. Like, yeah. nothing game-changing happens here. No one particularly develops. But it's nice to check in on everybody. Yeah, it's it's nice to see a familiar face. And it's kind of fun that they give you tasks. Like, that's a neat <laughs> little idea, instead of just having, like, random mission modes. Mm-hmm. I, I do think these missions are the hardest part of the game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, my favorite part is that, like, Big wants to get on a ride... But he says they won't let him on until they, like, pass this test, and the test is destroying robots. So, the park, which is presumably run by robots, is asking you to kill them in order to get on their ride. Yeah. I would like to reiterate that the writing is not good. (laughs) I I mean, the dialogue dialogue is fine. The, like, narrative (laughs) bits here are a little loose. Yeah. The, like... The most dubious part is that, like, Orbot and Cubot are in all of these, and they're always just like, no, 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 Sonic, you can't get through me unless you do my chores? <laughs> like, they just give him random tasks that seem to amount to cleaning up the park effectively. That's true. <laughs> they're a little short staff. That's <laughs> definitely true. There are two members of the staff <laughs> in this theme park. Because it doesn't seem like the other robots are helping anything. Oh no, they're just standing around. Like some of them are just like holding up signs in the in the Wii version. Yeah, they also do seem kind of innocent in this case. Yeah, they're I actually. Do... You know what? In Sweet Mountain, there were definitely like robots that were just playing instruments, and you just kill them. No, I think <laughs> that was in Starlight Carnival. Oh, is it? That's actually one thing I do kind of... I didn't, like, mention about the Wii version. I just kind of like seeing the egg ponds and the map screen just kind of hanging out. Yeah. Floating in space. Yeah. Yeah, actually, the maps for both games look really neat. The little environments that you walk around on when you're selecting a stage. And, like, in this version, like, part of it's darkened until you get, like, more... Until you beat beat a stage. And then, like, you can see the boss in the background, but you don't really get a... You don't really get a look at it until you beat it. Yeah, and there are also, like, other little bits and attractions and odds and ends that light up. It's it's pretty neat. Yeah. It reminds me of the Sonic Rush Adventure Island thing, where yeah. if you did missions, you would get little animated bits of flair on your island. Mm-hmm. Except yeah. in this case, obviously, it's more streamlined and built into the game, but it's still a nice, like, visual progression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I mean, I guess that's really so, all there is to say about missions. They're not, like, too big. It's just, like, you get to see characters and do mundane tasks. <laughs> oh, it, it should be mentioned that the missions do have red rings in them, but only two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, there's a mission that you usually have a very small amount of time to achieve, but then also try and find some rings on the way. They're, they're not too hard to find. They're, yeah, I find that they're much easier to find than in the, like, the regular game. Yeah, especially since the area that you're in is usually a lot more compact because the task is simpler. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, once you collect all... You know what? Uh, before you collect all seven Chaos Emeralds, uh, once you beat all six stages, uh, you unlock the final area, which is Terminal Velocity. And Terminal Velocity only has one stage, which is simultaneously the final stage and the final boss. Um, which is a really cool sequence where you are... Uh, you are running down the wall... Uh, on the top of the screen and it's sort of like it, it's almost like top down uh, mm -hmm. but it is narratively uh, you're running in the direction of gravity so it is still like a side scroller perspective uh, yeah. if that makes sense uh, and you are being chased by the final boss and in order to avoid getting hit by it, you have to constantly find boost capsules in order to keep boosting to, like, outrun it. And some dash panels uh, as well. Yes, dash panels as well. And uh, you'll get hit if you get hit by the boss, but also if you run into a wall. Because you're going too fast to not get hurt by running into a wall. Um, <laughs> and so you have, to use the, you have to use the bottom screen to see what's ahead in order to escape it in time. And I really like this sort of gameplay as a very simple inversion on, like, the platformer. Because, uh, narratively, and I liked this about Terminal Velocity on the Wii as well, like, you're just running straight down as fast as possible. But mechanically, on the DS, that translates to you are literally at the top of the screen running towards the bottom of the screen. Like, yeah. you're running and falling at the same time. And I think it's really cool. Uh, did either of you guys get to this point? I did not this time. To okay. The, to the true final boss? Um, I want to talk about the, the final boss before we get to the... Oh, well, yeah, yeah, is, I got to the final the boss. This velocity. Yeah. Um, Nega so Wisp the, armor. The final boss is, like, the most like a Sonic Rush boss in terms of the environment being you're on a platform uh, that is falling through the sky... And it's sort of wobbling as it falls, and it feels very, like, cool and dynamic, and the camera is, like, adjusting for your location. Um, and I kind of wish that more of the game did that kind of thing. Because it, it feels like this is a more exciting arena than any of the other areas uh, in the, the boss fights in the rest of the game. You know? Yeah, yeah. I can understand wanting that, but... I do want you to remember that that sounds kind of like you're asking for more combat in a Sonic game. <laughs> That's fair. But, like, okay, in Sonic Rush, right, the first boss area had a sense of environment to it, right? Like, there was, like, the way the map was designed had things behind where you were standing to make it feel like you were standing in the location of something, right? Yeah. Um, Much more so than the general bosses of this game, which do still have, like, the circle, but... Yeah, like there's a lot less going on. Like the the boss where you're just like running along the track, uh, it just kind of feels like you're. I mean, you are literally running in space, but it's just kind of like there's a platform below me and a boss above me, and those are the only two things in the universe, right? Yeah. Uh, whereas this has like, so I'm standing on a platform. Uh, other rocks are other rocks and like platform pieces are falling from the sky, like in layers in front of and behind me. Uh, I'm watching the world around me rise as I fall and like even the camera is like having a tricky time keeping up with the way things are a little unsteady uh, mm -hmm. and the boss constantly is shifting from the top of the screen uh, above you and you're on the bottom screen to it goes to the bottom screen and the camera shifts to have you on the top screen and yeah. so it like plays around with environment in a really interesting and exciting way that made me sort of like retroactively 
dislike the rest of the bosses. Well, it's just that this one isn't safe the yeah. way that everything else is. This one had a lot of like effort put into it, uh, yeah. which was which was really nice, and it made it a lot more like enjoyable to play as a result. Right. Yeah, for sure. I think it works better than the final boss in the Wii version because I it, in this version when it uses a color power, you have to use it against it, and that frees the wisp, and they are no longer able to use that power. Yeah. Whereas in the really Wii version, like it just seemed like it had these random combo attacks that it could use, but whether or not you rescued the wisp didn't really matter. Yeah. And rescuing the wisp didn't really have anything to do with uh, what power Eggman used. Yeah. Right. And in this case, it's got like the narrative harmony with the gameplay. Right. Yeah. And you get huh. to see it like fill out the little icons at the bottom, and then once you get them all, you get to use a final color power, which is nice. And you have to mash every button, not just the B or A button. <laughs> it, I didn't realize that at first, but like, it's. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of like color powers that say you can press B or all the other buttons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but usually they say that instead of just saying hit the hit one button, and then maybe you'll figure out you can hit the others. Right. I do like something I like about once you defeat, uh, like once you use his power against him, he can't use that power anymore. Is it requires you to f- figure out how to use all of his powers against him, like you can't you can't just be like all right, well I suck at fighting against this power but I'll just keep fighting against the one I'm good at. You gotta be like, oh, no, no, no. All he has left is Void, so I gotta figure out how to, like, fight against Void. And it, it it's a more compelling fight as a result. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and that's, that's pretty much the final boss. Uh, but there is the true final boss, uh, which is if you get all seven Chaos Emeralds, uh, what are the what is it called the the mother wisp? Nega mother wisp. N- Nega mother wisp. Of co- wisp, of course. <laughs> the mother wisp <laughs> just makes a really big cake. Oh god! Uh, yes, the, the the final boss of Cooking Mama. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna reach for the mix. That wasn't a good bit. Although I will I need a wisp. All right, I never mind. It's a good bit again. Keep it in. I thought, I thought you were going to say, I'm going to reach for the mom or something. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm um, going to reach for the, the mom. The mother wisp, which <laughs> never came up until now, uh, and also never in the Wii version at all. I think it's uh, like yeah. alluded to in the story yeah. a little. Like there's some experiment that went, that escaped or something. Yeah, they, remember. they like allude to an individual but like that's it it's a little uh, ham-fisted yeah they're like oh yeah the mother of all wisps i guess but um, i do like how it kind of adds a little bit more lore to the wisps and just like adds a bit more stakes to the plot yeah even if it seems a little tacked on yeah I mean, yeah, that's one thing that we didn't note at all about the plot of either of these games up until now is that the stakes actually feel really low, even though the idea of a satellite, like, built on an elevator that literally goes from Earth to the atmosphere, <laughs> like, crashing into the Earth would be bad, because you never meet anyone. Like, the only stakes yeah. are the wisps, and you just met them now, and you still feel compelled to help them, but, like, everything feels insular. Yeah. Yeah, like, in all the cutscenes. Sonic and Tails and, like, one wisp are standing in a giant, open, empty theme park. Like, nobody's yeah, it, here. It feels so lifeless. Which is why it's nice to Which see is... other characters in the park and the missions. Yeah, know? it's also nice because during the little, like, visual novel segments in this game, if you look at the bottom screen, one of each of the wisps that you've unlocked will be floating around where you can, like, tap to go to the next bit of dialogue. Yeah. And it's really nice to just see living things in the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you end up you end up fighting the Nega Mother Wisp, who has, like, has gone through the energy harvester thing and became a Nega Wisp. Hyper Gowan. 
Uh, yeah, and and now she's wild uh, and needs to be punched. <laughs> Jesus. Mom's gone wild. Uh, so you end up going supersonic. Um, and then you beat up the mom. And then uh, the gameplay kind of feels like uh, it's reminiscent of Unleashed super gameplay and Sonic and the Black Knight's super gameplay, where you've got this, like, I need to uh, avoid attacks and, like, uh, create a vulnerability, and once the vulnerability happens, I need to rush forward in, like, a 3D section. This is, like, the only true 3D section of the game, except for the special stages, um, in, w- in which you can... Actually, you know what? Uh, Sonic Adventure 2's, uh, like, final boss was like this as well, where you're running forward in a 3D space and avoiding attacks along the way. Hmm. I haven't played and the final boss in a long time. The only thing is, like, while you're running forward, your ring count doesn't deplete. It's only when you're, like, trying to create a vulnerability. Uh, yeah. But rings still spawn while you're running forward, so you can just, like, you can just get up there and, like, never worry about the rings depleting. Yeah, but, like, the need for a challenge in a final, final boss is not one that I've ever felt. That's that's true. Like, I think that they generally should be, you know, like, you have to use your brain, yeah. but I never want it to be difficult to, like, get to the climax of the story. Yeah, I think, I think stuff like that, for me, I think it should be, like, a victory lap. Yeah. That's how I've always, like, looked at it. Uh, and I think it definitely feels like a victory lap. Although, in terms of excitement, I think it's about on the same level as the final boss. Um, it just lasts a lot longer, and so it wears off after a while. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's, I mean, it's its interesting, and I think it's worth experiencing. Um, but its it's weirdly, like, dissatisfying to beat, because then the Nega Mother Wisp just turns into... Uh, what's that one, what's that one, uh, floaty octopus Je- Pokemon? Jellicent? Jellicent? Or? Yeah, is, th- is that, I'm gonna Google image. It's the ghost water one, I think. Mm. Is it Je- Yeah, Jevelicent? yeah, that's exactly what the Mother Wisp looks like. <laughs> is there a V in its name? There's not, right? It's, uh, it's just Jellicent, like, you got it. Oh, okay, cool. There's, like, a little one, right? Um... Is there a tan yeah, like little Skrillish, I think. Skrillish? That sounds right. There's like a it's got like a pre evolution. Yeah. I gotta I gotta look. Uh, uh Rad Tad, I think it was. Yeah, Frillish is, is correct. Okay, cool. Yeah, so it just looks like that. And so it's like, hey cool, thanks for thanks for punching me until I became like a good a good person. A good person again. Um and then, and then she's good. She's like, bye. And then all of the planets go away. <laughs> yeah, and then your actions were meaningless. And I'm like, okay, cool. So we, <laughs> like, so in the uh, in the Wii version, right? You beat Eggman and free all the aliens, and then they use their power to make the planets go away. And then there's like an extra cutscene after that of of Sonic and Tails being like, cool, we did it or whatever. And in this. You save you save the day, but don't get all the seven Chaos Emeralds, and the planets are still here, and then you get them, you beat up everybody's mom, uh, and, <laughs> and then she's like, all right, I'm leaving, and t- takes her shit with her, which has a totally different vibe from it. Yeah. It also feels super weird. Well, I guess we'll kind of get to this, but Wisps aren't gone after this. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. You know what though? Because uh, you beat the final boss—not the true final boss, but the final boss—and like, there's a cutscene of the Wisps talking to each other, and Yakker is like, "Yeah, Sonic's the coolest. Like, it's really he's such nice. a rad dude. I hope I see him again someday, but I probably never will." Hmm. <laughs> and like, I guess, I guess you will, huh? Well, I but don't think Yakker tales- specifically reappears. No, no, the dialogue yeah. box says he's... Oh, you're well, talking about no. in future games. Yeah, he's saying in future games, it's not Yakker specifically, no. it's just White Wisp number two. Yakker as a character never shows up again. But Yakker yeah. is telling them about Sonic. But, but like, isn't it... Like, isn't it Tails... 
isn't it Tails that's translating that for Yakker? So, like, does it really mean anything? Well, no, this is a scene between Wisps, so they're talking in Wisp language, but, like, we get to see what they're saying because it's from the perspective of Wisps in this scene. But, like, don't you think that in the dumb canon of this cartoon video game, that's Tails' translation still? I mean, no, because sure. Tails and Sonic aren't in the scene. Yes, and that definitely means also that, the like, whole logically... like the whole like translation subplot thing is just not in the DS version. Yeah, like they don't have Wait, time I... for that quip crap, so they just they just jump straight into like ah, yeah, I can translate this. Oh, that's true. That's true. Which is weird because I think once they leave, Tails still says, "Darn, I just got this translator working." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Tails is still allowed to be dumb and just not funny in this version. Yeah, that's true. And relatable. <laughs> relatable? Yeah. Dumb and not you... funny. Oh. Okay. Well, but... Okay, <laughs> well... <laughs> I guess we'll leave that where it is. All right. So thumbs up, thumbs down, Sonic Colors for the DS. I gave it a thumbs up. I'm gonna say thumbs up. Yeah, I enjoyed this game. I'll give it a thumbs up. It was my I think first Sonic Rush game. I think it's my least favorite <laughs> was... of the Sonic Rush trilogy. Yeah. Son you mean the Sonic Rush, like, quintilogy? Do we count so as a, standard as definition a Sonic Unleashed? For, yes, but as a rough, like, lead-up to where we are today, Dimps has produced, thus far, six Sonic games before Sonic Colors of the DS. They were Advance, Advance 2, Advance 3, Rush, Rush Adventure, and Sonic Unleashed, Standard Definition. They also, I believe, like, members of Dimps produced Sonic Pocket Adventure. Okay. So, that's sort of the lineage that led up to this game. And I think that this game is not necessarily a spectacular showing of what they're capable of, but it's certainly competent, and the special stages are great, and, like, yeah, the meeting Sonic's fun friends, also a good time. There's things here to enjoy, for sure. And the levels are, like, they're not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah, I think there's, I think it's, the levels are good. You just have but to, it's not... you just have to mute the game and, like, pull up a <laughs> playlist of the Sonic Colors OST. Or the Sonic Rush OST, take your pick. <laughs> Honestly, the the special stage from Sonic Rush, that music would still work really well for this special stage. Or the special stage music from Sonic Rush Adventure. Yeah. I think the special stage music from Sonic Rush Adventure is the closest we'll ever get to having Mystic Ruins ambient music again. Yeah. Hmm. Alright, well, we'll see you guys next time when we play another video game I was that <laughs> video game is titled hey Steven what are we playing next time the video game <laughs> that, we, that we'll be playing next I'm on a new computer and I don't um, you're, uh, not, you're not signed in I'm just gonna guess that it's like Sonic Rivals 3. That's definitely not true. <laughs> it's Sonic Rivals 3 next time. The everybody. PS Vita is dead, dude. <laughs> the PSP is very dead. Oh, yeah. God, what is the next? Sonic Generations? Is it? That's not, is it I'm Gen pretty sure it's Sonic Generations. I think it's Sonic Generations. Alright. I guess we're, we're going to play the uh, console version, the yeah? Yeah, we'll be playing the console version of Generations, and then afterwards we'll be playing the handheld version of Generations. Um, Woo! Get hyped. Yeah. Turn up. Hey, I forget if I own this. You know you know what? I do own this game. On STEM? On STEM. And when I get a new computer, I can play it. In the Whoa. meantime, you can just borrow my PS3 copy. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be great. All right, everybody. We'll see you. Wait, you can find us on Twitter at NoSpinDashZone. <laughs> yeah. You can email the podcast using the email account NoSpinDashZone at gmail.com. You can... Um,
uh, please send us an email. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you. <laughs> please. You love to hear it. You love to hear it. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Isaiah Games. That's I S I A H Games. You can also listen to my other podcast, which is an actual play podcast set in the world of Kingdom Hearts, called Kingdom Hearts: A Forgotten Era. I'm also on some episodes in that show. That's Sorry, true. Go ahead, Charlie. You can follow me at Draws Charlie, where I draw stuff sometimes. Beep. Got him. Beep. Uh, spin you later. Spin you somewhere, sometime. Whoa. Spin side out. If you're lucky, maybe peel peel you out later. Okay, that's Super... okay. That that sounded wrong. Super <laughs> peel you out of the podcast. <laughs> Bye. Drop dash. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>